Let's yeah. bring in TSN Hockey Insider now, Chris Johnson, who's uh, in Palm Beach, which I'm beginning to think this is just a yearly vacation because I'm not quite sure what is getting achieved at the GM meetings here. Chris, maybe you can fill us in just a little bit on what's being discussed this time around and what's actually happening over there. Well, Andy, I've known you for years, so I don't want you to out the, the good gig I got going on here. So don't, ask, <laughs> don't ask me any specific questions or follow-ups because uh, it's, certainly, it's certainly nice to be down here. Um, Listen, you're working hard, my friend. You are working hard. How about that? Yeah, I mean, i got to put a suit on and stand around a hotel lobby all day. Um, but, you know, it, it, I'm not, not complaining. Uh, you know, what's happening now? I mean, look, they're, they're, the GMs are here. They're, they look at you know, various potential rule changes. I don't think any of them are going to create massive headlines for our listeners. Although, you know, I'll say the one thing that, that seems to be getting batted around now is the possibility of expanding the coaches challenge, having video review potentially for high sticks to make sure it's, it's not a case where it's, it's friendly fire so-called where, where maybe a teammate gets another teammate and, and it's, it's not called correctly on the ice or for pucks over the glass. I mean, those are, those, those are rule changes that, that don't, give you a big headline but if it's the first round of the playoffs and the Leafs and the Lightning are, are in a tight game uh, down the stretch and, and one of those plays happens and and you know something and something has changed that allows that to be the correct call from what might have been a mistaken or missed call you know I think that, that it could have some big impact and and you know that's that that would, is one of the sort of items I think that might come out of it that can be changed but you know they're also looking at all kinds of different areas of the game um, over these three days and and uh you know, a lot of the conversations go from one meeting to the next to the next, and that's that's how you get three-on-three three overtime. You know, once upon a time, it was five-on-five, five, and those changes slowly get brought in at meetings like this one. CJ, I saw a couple things being banded around. I don't know what your thought process is or, you know, maybe the, what, what the reaction will be, and one was them talking about um, – after a big hit, even a clean hit, the reaction of a fight, uh, you know, stuff like that, like what can be done about it? Are those things that, that might get a little traction or at least get some thought process with uh, with a lot of smart minds around the table? Yeah, that was one of the conversations today. Basically, they, they took the 32 GMs and divided them into four groups uh, that, that met sort of in the smaller breakout groups. And, and you know, that was a topic that each of the, the four groups looked at and, and debated and, and then essentially they come back tomorrow and we'll see if there's enough desire for a change, if there's enough um, of the people in the room that think that, that that has become an issue. I think the fact that it's on the agenda and was one of the breakout topics suggests there's at least, you know, it's, it's not, this isn't just one general manager who's seen it happen to his team and, and, and thinks it's, it's become a, a problem in the game. And so, you know, the, I, I'm not sure what they change out of that. I mean, that, that's that's kind of where I land with it. I, I, it's hard not to agree. I mean, Noodles, you're you're calling lots of games. Yeah. You know, you're watching lots of games too. I mean, it, we see it quite often nowadays. I mean, when when there is a big legal hit, you know, quite often it does result in a fight. Um, but you know, you already have an instigator penalty, so I'm not sure that it necessarily is a situation that requires a creation of a new rule or adaptation. I mean, it might, it might just be a matter when all is said and done here um, that that there's you know maybe a notice to the, the referees to to you know, enforce the rule book a little bit more stringently than they have been. Two things on that, CJ. The instigator rule doesn't get called enough. And the biggest thing that kind of sticks out, and I used to hear this word when I played, when they would talk about the, the preseason meetings as far as the instigator rule, distance traveled. So if there was a big hit mm. and then someone on the ice traveled distance to go 
fight someone, regardless if the players dropped the gloves at the same time and there was consent to the fight, the player who traveled the distance was the one getting the instigator penalty. And now it seems that a guy can travel right up to you, ask you if you want to go, you guys take your gloves off at the same time, yeah, you're a willing combatant, but the other guy instigated that fight. Will they tighten that up as far as the player who travels distance to go seek out a fight after a big hit? I certainly think it's possible. I mean, you know, look, a lot of the GMs are, are guys that played the game like, like you and, and are, have, have lived through this themselves in their own careers, are seeing kind of maybe what, what we might call an evolution or a change in, in the, 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 the behavior here. You know, we just don't see as many big hits. So I think sometimes when you get one, it jumps out. You know, I understand to some degree the, the desire to want to go and, and defend a teammate who's, who's maybe been laid out in that manner. Uh, but you're right. I, I think the current rule book does does include a way to, to to sort of maybe quell this, or at least make it so that you're 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 you know putting your team shorthanded by doing that, which is something that will make you think twice, especially when you get into the big games of the season, which we're in now in, in a lot of cities. I mean, the, the playoff races are on. The playoff games are five weeks today. We're, we're going to be talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hard to believe. And so the, you know, the decisions that players make come under more scrutiny. And I think that, that certainly there's enough GMs that don't like the, the trend and, and really the debate that's happening down here at this point in time. Is there something need to be done about it or, or is it just something that they have to kind of keep an eye on and, and watch as it evolves? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I like the emotions of a game when there's a big hit. I feel like sometimes guys just can't help it and they just want to go after it. And I also think sometimes you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't kind of go after a guy who just laid out one of your guys, you're seen as a team that doesn't know how to stick up for itself. And then, of course, if you do go after, it's like, oh, why do we have to see this after every whistle? But to your point, though, Frankie, if a guy is like, you know, the distance traveled or there's something pretty obvious and egregious, I think he gets the extra penalty. I think he gets the extra minutes in the box, and I think that's how you you know repay the other team who can then go on a power play. I kind of well, know. you know what guys do, Andy, right? Like, so some guys they'll just shed the mitts and yeah. they're fighting you no matter what, and that guy will get the instigator. But right. the guy who travels to go give you a little cross check first, maybe give you a word or two, and then they're going. It's like that guy doesn't seem to get the instigator, but really he instigated he the fight. And the other guy is like. Well, I'm not going to get punched in the face, so I'm obviously going right. to drop my gloves, right? Well, I mean, let's face it. I don't see the instigator called too often at all nowadays. I mean, it, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's maintained in the rulebook the same way it's been for a long, long time, you know, 20-odd years, but I, you just don't see it enforced too much. And, and you're right. I don't, I don't think the hitter in a lot of cases gets a choice. Whether, whether there's words or not, I mean, usually you're kind of – you're kind of in by consent if you've if you've thrown that head and someone's coming at you. I mean, what do, what's your what's your decision there? I guess stand there and take some punches or or defend yourself. Um, you know, I, this, I think we're kind of all in the same spot here. Then you know, if we localize this a bit though, like what's one of the better moments of the Leafs season? It came a long time ago, but the Leafs are a team where there's been some questions at times about how they stand up. And it, you know, for me, it was when Mark Giordano sort of you know, got in there, I think it was a game against Philadelphia where they were going at Matthews early in the year, and, and mm-hmm. you know, he, was, he was jumping in there, and, you know, maybe if we're applying this, maybe that gets that's supposed to be an instigator. I, you know, it's, it's a tough one to figure out, and I think th- this is maybe why, rightfully, you make fun of the meetings in general, is some of these discussions, you can start really going down the rabbit hole about what's right and wrong, and obviously there's a lot of, lot of GMs that have played a lot of games in the league that care about the game, that are watching it every night, that have strong opinions and and you know it's it's not a game that's 
easily broken into black and white. I, I think that that's, that's a truth. And, and so they, they're trying to weed through those issues, decide if something needs changed or not. And, and, you know, they got two more days here to, to golf in the afternoon and have those discussions in the morning. <laughs> CJ, anything else on the docket that kind of intrigues you as far as these meetings or maybe that you think they could get some traction on here when you do have all of them kind of, like I say, in the same spot, relaxed? Uh, you know, trades are done for the most part, so now the, the GMs are kind of just sitting back and letting their teams play? Yeah, you know, my, my inner nerd likes that there's some discussions about sort of the third party trades we saw where, where you know teams like minnesota took yeah. contracts as, as a third party broker on the ryan o'reilly deal also dimitri orlov did montreal do it with nick demina benino pardon me patrick kane went through arizona like the league doesn't like that stuff and so some of some those are almost fall under what we might call cba related matters but there's i think there is some discussion about the, the process of trades and and um you know basically what what if, if there's a way to streamline some of those processes, I'm, I'm not sure if anything will come of that, but I enjoy that. It doesn't sound like the playoffs. I think this is maybe notable for something that isn't being discussed, you know, is, is going to become an issue here. I mean, we heard players at the all-star game, you know, some notable ones, including Sidney Crosby speak out about the playoff format saying they preferred the old one to eight, you know, Bill Daly spoke to the reporters here this afternoon. I asked him, are you going to pull the GMs on what they think of the, you know, the current setup? Is this, is this something, that's front burner for the league, and it doesn't sound like it is. So I think almost uh, you know, maybe, maybe the fact that that isn't really up for much discussion or, or consideration right now is maybe a bit of a surprise to me because, you know, let's face it, this is not a league where the stars take hard stands on issues too often. And I really felt uh, I was down in Florida for the All-Star game that you had some of the top players in the league outright saying they, they thought the playoff format needed tweaked. CJ, Chuck Fletcher is out in Philly and Danny Briere is in. Does he have a fighting chance there to build a team properly? Or is there too many cooks in the kitchen? Is there just too much influence higher up in the organization, whether it's ownership, uh, notable alumni? Like, is he going to be able to kind of do things his way and really give this team the rebuild it desperately needs? Well, two things stand out to me. You know, he's indicated he wants to do that. He wants to do something closer to what we might, might call a traditional rebuild, or, or basically he wants to construct, construct a Flyers team the way the Flyers have resisted, you know, building their teams for years. You know, part of what, what doomed Ron Hestall in his time before Chuck Fletcher was, you know, he was trying to amass draft picks and, and build patiently and slowly, and, and that, that didn't play very well in Philly. You know, the second is they're, they're going to hire a general manager. I think it could very well end up being Danny Brer, who's the interim GM right now. But who's going to be the president? I mean, who's who's going to be the other big pillar in the organization who's who's maybe dealing a little bit more with ownership, almost a conduit between the GM and and you know those pulling the strings. Maybe some of those those big personalities, whether it's someone like Bob Clark or others that have been around the Flyers, been basically lifelong Flyers uh, that that I think still have some influence over what happens there. And so you know it's hard to it's hard to know how that's all going to shake out. I think we'll, we'll get a better sense in the, in the next month or two as they sort of work through the process of, of, you know, finalizing their hires and, and building that front office. But I, I think it's, you're asking the right question, Frankie. I mean, it, to me, it's part of what makes the Flyers great is they've always taken the big swing. They make the big trade. They sign someone to a ridiculous contract. They buy out the ridiculous contract that they did with Ilya Brzezgalov. I mean, they're, they're never, they're never sort of toe in the water to a, a trade deadline or a, you know, a, a free agency period. They've always kind of done it big. Um, but you know the the game has evolved. The, the best teams are 
making different kind of decisions than they did, you know, I think as, as the understanding and the implications of the salary cap of maybe taking on a different life. And so it's probably a good time, I would suggest, to, to, to try a different way. And it sounds like that's what Danny Brer wants to do. But ultimately, he's going to have a boss at some point, uh, assuming he is the, the full-time general manager. And it, I think it's going to depend heavily on, on how that, bo- that boss views things. CJ, before we let you go, has there been any Ryan Reynolds sightings? Do we know what the latest is on the Ottawa Senators? There hasn't been, unfortunately. Uh, we, were on, we were on Reynolds' watch. We were down here a couple months ago for the Board of Governors meeting. I do think it's, I mean, there's a world where he does get part of the, the ownership group and will show up to meetings like this. I mean, that's that's actually kind of the funny part. And, you know, I, I've since watched the Welcome to Wrexham series that he put together after, you know, he and Rob McElhaney bought the, 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 the soccer team over in Wales. And then, you know, he, he, he portrays for sure as a guy that's going to be involved if he gets to be part of the ownership. But, you know, it's still in the early stages in a sense. I mean, things are progressing in Ottawa. They've taken the first bids now. But, you know, it's, it's I think, a little too soon to say which bid is favorited, whether the one that Reynolds is a part of is going to be it. Maybe if, like, there's room for change. Maybe if his current, uh, you know, big group isn't going to be favored, maybe one of the other ones will take him on. We'll see how that all shakes out. I mean, it, it's pretty clear to me, though, the league wants his involvement and understands that his influence and social media following, what he can do with, with, you know, media production can really help the Senators. And I think the Senators are in a great spot. I know that they're... They're in tough now to make the playoffs. They've had a couple of tough results lately, but you know, they clearly have a team on the rise. I think they're going to have an ownership group that, that breathes new life into the entire operation. And uh, the Atlantic Division is only getting stronger, so maybe this is the year for the Leafs or the Bruins to, to try to make hay. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll keep that Ryan Reynolds watch going. CJ, appreciate you taking the time. Have fun out there. Okay. Thank you. Chris Johnson out. Palm Springs, Florida. Did anyone else catch that? Right, meetings by morning, golf by day. Clearly, they're just not meeting all day long. Yeah, well, you're not. You don't expect. It's a like, grind of I a do. season. I do. I expect you to be locked in a dark room with no windows in Florida. I don't think these guys yeah. keep regular business hours during a season, yeah. and I gather a lot of them don't necessarily sleep much either. So I, I oh, don't no. mind these guys going and having a, a nice trip where they meet and then play golf. I'm just completely jealous. I don't. <laughs> the envy is. is like yeah. written on my forehead. Head that that's not a gig I get to cover. So, no, no. but I mean, not you know, happy. GMs go down there. A lot of times I've heard stories where, you know, they, a lot of different GMs have relationships with each other. They'll cook a deal up that maybe goes through six months later. Like they'll, right. they'll say, you, I've, I've heard stories that? where, you know, one manager says to the other, like, if you ever decide to trade that player, I need a phone call. Right. And then six months later, it's like, hey, I've given you a heads up. We are going to move that player. Okay, what do you want? Like, So a lot of these things, it's planting seeds. Maybe not for this season. Maybe it's for the trade deadline next year. If you you know, if you know, can't do something with that player, like, let me know because I would be interested well, in him. Because they all have contingency plans, right? Like They're all yeah. getting ready for whatever the cap is going to do or contract status or players unhappy yep. right so they're i guess yeah you're right they plant seeds and they'll revisit yeah. things at the crucial the critical dates as they call them you're yep. not doing your job if you're not like i mean of course you gotta have I those agree. types of conversations so well hope they have a great time but i also hope a cold spell goes through we're gonna be talking <laughs> a little bit of golf 
When we come back here on Overdrive, Mark Sacchino is going to be joining us, host of Golf Talk Canada. We'll get to the latest players tournament that happened. Big purse, boys. If ever there was something good that came out of the live tournament, it's that it's forcing um, the PGA's hand when it comes to giving more money. We'll get his thoughts on that tournament and also where he thinks the Canadians could be moving forward for the rest of the season. Uh, more coming up on Overdrive.